This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Stephen Jarvis and Friends podcast. Today, I'm Stephen Jarvis. And as always, today, we're going to talk about the third episode in the history of the Dallas Cowboys series that I've been doing, this time being the 80s. In the 80s, the Dallas Cowboys were no longer America's team. Well, they kind of were. The nickname stuck, but they weren't going to Super Bowls. They weren't winning any. They were getting very close early on, but then by the mid to late 80s, they fell off a cliff. So today, we're going to start with 1980 through 1982. Also, before I forget, sorry, back up a little bit. I'm part of the Deluxe Edition Network. If you want to find other podcasts just like this, please go to the deluxeeditionnetwork.com. A bunch of great people that are under the DEN or Deluxe Edition Network, including the podcasts of the month, which are Spoil My Movie and World's True Crime. Also, check out some of the new ones. And if you like them, subscribe to them, follow them, you know, comment on their stuff, rate them, whatever you have to do. I think they're great people, and I think you will too. So let's get back into the episode. Sorry about that. Uh, 1980 through 1982, next year's champions again. Danny White became the Cowboys' starting quarterback in 1980. Without Roger Staubach, not much was expected of the Cowboys, but they surprised everyone. With a 12-win, 4-loss regular season, Philadelphia also finished 12-4, and but got the division title on a close tiebreaker. The Cowboys won the wild card at home against the Rams, then... Danny White engineered a late comeback to win the divisional playoff game in Atlanta. Dallas faced the Eagles in the NFC Championship, but lost 20-7 to their division rival in Veterans Stadium. 1981. Dallas started the 81 season 4-0 and captured the NFC East crown with another 12-4 record. Dallas dismantled the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the divisional playoff game 38 to 0 then they traveled to San Francisco to face the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC championship game Dallas led 27-21 with just under 5 minutes to play in the fourth quarter and appeared to be heading to to their sixth Super Bowl appearance in franchise history however San Francisco quarterback Joe Montana led a 49er drive that was capped by a Joe Montana touchdown pass to Dwight Clark with 51 seconds remaining, known as the catch. Dallas was not finished just yet, needing only a field goal to win. A white completion to Drew Pearson moved the ball into 49er territory and almost went for a touchdown. Two plays later, though, White fumbled after being hit, and San Francisco recovered to seal their 28-27 victory. San Francisco went on to the Super Bowl, 
Clark's leaping cat grab in the end zone came to be known, came to be famous as the catch and represented a changing of the guard in the NFC from the dominant Cowboy teams of the 70s to the dominant 49ers teams of the 80s. 1982. Dallas finished the strike-shortened 1982 season with a record of 6-3. and three. The Cowboys held a one-game lead over the Redskins with two games to play in the regular season but fell at home to Philadelphia. Then lost a Monday night match in Minnesota, a game best known for Tony Dorsett's NFL record 99-yard touchdown run. Dallas played two home games in the unusual postseason Super Bowl tournament, defeating Tampa Bay and Green Bay in the NFC Championship game. Washington then defeated Dallas 31-17 at RFK Stadium. This finished a remarkable run that saw the Cowboys play in 10 of the 13 conference championship games in 1983 in the 1983 season the cowboys erased a 23 to 3 deficit at washington to beat the super bowl champ redskins 31 30 then won their next six games when dallas and washington squared off again in week 15 at texas stadium both teams had 12 and 2 records however the redskins beat the cowboys handedly in that game and Dallas subsequently lost its next two games to end its season. A route by the 49ers in the regular season finale and an upset home loss to the Rams in the wildcard playoff game. 1984, 25th season. Change and controversy marked the Cowboys' 1984 season, its 25th, which Schramm commemorated as its silver season. Despite leading Dallas to the playoff in each of his four, four, four seasons as starting quarterback, Danny White began to draw criticism for not being able to win the big game. And several players privately expressed their preference for backup quarterback Gary Hogboom. Landry decided to start him, and while Dallas started the season 4-1, and one, his in- inconsistency led to White regaining the starting job, but nevertheless... The Cowboys suffered a Week 12 loss to the winless Bills in Buffalo and needing a win in their final two games to secure a playoff spot, lost both. Dallas finished the 1984 season 9-7 and and missed the postseason for the first time in a decade. An important off-field change also took place. Clint Merchkin in dire financial straits because of a Collapse in oil prices sold the cowboy to Dallas oilman H.R. Bumbright in May 1985. Bright's ownership conceded with the decline in the cowboy's fortunes. The 85 season saw an uneven string of wins and losses, the worst being in week 11 when they were annihilated 44 to nothing by the unstoppable Chicago Bears, the team's first shutout since 1970. With a 10 and 6 record, the Cowboys won the division but were blanked by the Rams 20 to nothing in the playoffs. This was the franchise's final winning season and postseason appearance with Tom Landry as coach. 1986. The 1986 campaign started drastically with high, with highly regarded offensive coordinator Paul Hackett and Heisman Trophy winning Herschel Walker having joined the team. The Cowboys ran their record to 6-2, and two, but White's wrist was broken in a midseason loss to the Giants. The team only managed to win one of its final seven games. Dallas finished with a 7-9 and nine record, ending the franchise's streak of 20 consecutive winning seasons that has 
date that had dated back to its first ever winning season in 1966 to this day. No other NFL team had successfully matched this feat. 1987. Dallas started the 1987 season 1 and 1 before NFL players went on strike and management responded by hiring replacement players. Shram, having anticipated the strike, assembled one of the better replacement teams, which was soon bolstered by several stars who crossed the picket line, including Dorsett, Danny White, and Randy White. However, the counterfeit Cowboys lost at home to a Redskins team composed entirely of replacement players, which would also be inspire a movie called The Replacement starring Keanu Reeves. But anyway, back to the show. Once the strike ended, Dallas's regular squad lost six of its next eight games to finish seven and eight. 1988, Tom Landry's final season. The Cowboys went into a free fall in 1988. After starting the season two and two, a last second loss in New Orleans started a 10-game Cowboy losing streak. Among the few bright spots in the season were the team's first-round draft pick, wide receiver Michael Irvin, whom Shram had predicted would spur the team's return from the dead, and a Week 15 victory against the Redskins in Washington, Tom Landry's last. 1989, Troy Aikman and Jerry Jones arrive. Bright's savings and loan had been seized by federal regulators in 1988 with most of his money Tied up in the Cowboys, Bright was all but forced to sell the team to Arkansas businessman Jerry Jones on February 25th, 1989. The next day, Jones' first act as an owner was to fire Landry. The abrupt termination of the only coach that the Cowboys had ever known attracted considerable criticism. He admitted to becoming more forgetful with play calling and clock management as he passed his 60th birthday and to being a bit unwilling to adapt his offense for the NFL of the 80s. However, Landry was all, was not totally to blame for the Cowboys' lackluster showings of the late 80s, which included years of poor drafts, Shram Brandt, and other longtime personnel were soon gone as well. Jones replaced Landry with the University of Miami head coach Jimmy Johnson with the worst record of 1988. Dallas gained the number one draft pick for 89. UCLA quarterback Tom, Troy Aikman. Tom Landry had expressed interest in Aikman just before being fired. So the Cowboys gained the first round pick, the number one pick in 89. They take Troy Aikman and, uh, after Dallas opened the 1989 season 0 and 5, Johnson traded away Herschel Walker to the Minnesota Vikings for five veteran players and eight draft choices. A total of 18 players or draft choices were involved in what was the largest trade in NFL history at the time, also known as the Herschel Walker trade here in Minnesota. The Cowboys finished this 89 season with a 1 15 record, their worst record since the team's inception. Rookie quarterback Steve Walsh started in place of an injured Aikman and led the team to its lone victory in a midseason Sunday night game in Washington. The two games with Philadelphia in 89, which became known as the Bounty Bowls, were marked by hostility between the staff and fans of both teams. Eagles coach Buddy Ryan insulted Jimmy Johnson, saying that he did nothing in his tenure at the University of Miami except run up the score on bad teams and also made fun of his weight. Ryan reputed reputed wanted his players to injure Cowboys kicker Roger Rudd's 
who had been cut from the Eagles early in the season and the season ender in Philadelphia, the Cowboys were pelted with snowballs. Herschel Walker's trade. Dallas's 115 season of 1989 gave them the league's worst record for the second consecutive year. However, they did not get the number one draft pick again as they had forfeited their first round pick the previous year when they took Steve Walsh in this supplemental draft. So the Cowboys of the 70s, highest of highs. Cowboys of the 80s, kind of still up there until you get to the mid 80s and then they collapse. Um, But Jerry Jones becoming the owner, yes, he shouldn't have fired Tom Landry the way he did. But he brings in Jimmy Johnson, and in the 90s, they go on a run. They have Troy Aikman um, as at quarterback, Michael Irvin at wide receiver, and they later draft Emmett Smith at running back. And those three will spur the Cowboys' return to glory in the 90s. And that will be next week, which would be episode four, but I just want to say thank you so very much for watching. Also, if you could please do me a big favor, wherever you listen to this podcast, if it's on YouTube, could you please like and subscribe and comment on some of my stuff? Also, hit that notification bell so you never miss anything about this podcast or any episodes. And also, go check out the Deluxe Edition Network. A lot of great people. They all need our help, though, because we're trying to be we're all trying to be big. We're all trying to help each other out. We're kind of like a family, I would call us. And also check out Spoil My Movie and World's True Crime podcast, which are the podcasts of the month for the Deluxe Edition Network this month. And go check out Talking Shit. Yes, you heard that right. Talking Shit with Mark Benset Jr., and Brian Elam on YouTube. Go subscribe, like their content, hit the notification bell on their content so you never miss any of their good, up, great episodes. And thank you all. Hope you enjoy. And if you want to, tell your friends and family about us. We need all the help we can get. Thank you so very much. Love you all. And I will see you on the flip side. This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to DeluxeEditionNetwork.com. That's DeluxeEditionNetwork.com.